This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the My All Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyAllManSaid.com and your host joining me to discuss what should have been a bit of cherry picking before two big home games, Mr. Chris Budd, Mr. Phil Shaw. Welcome. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? All right. Probably feeling better than I could have been feeling, uh, actually, if, we, if Watkins didn't pop up with a glorious header. Yeah, come of the come of the hour and all that keeps the momentum going. There's a big difference between conceding a equaliser in the last minute to actually getting the equaliser in the yeah. last minute. Yeah, and also from losing that game as well. Yeah, <laughs> that would have put it, a dampener on what had been a decent week leading into two tougher tasks. He's been listening to us because we were saying that he, he's not the man when the chips are down. Well, that's that's going a long way to sort of like correcting that if he does a few more of those. Yeah, he's yeah, been the difference, right. hasn't he, in the last two two away trips. Obviously, he's got the winner at Spurs and a, and a point now at Bournemouth, so well done to him. Yeah, if you've got a player like that who pops up as strikers should do, uh, you know, these are key goals, uh, almost worth double, aren't they? While at the other end, uh, Mr Martinez just had racking up how many points he's going to uh, give us this season. Super Superstars doing what superstars do, David. Indeed. Uh, I won't ask you what you've been up to. I've been in Darlington in the snow playing gigs. Well, exactly. <laughs> Nobody wants to know cold. about people's lives in Darlington. I've been in jail. <laughs> You've been in yes, jail. Yes, Phil's been well. in jail. Yeah. Well, apparently we we would cry if we were queuing uh, in Waitrose asking for a refund, according to a comment. Nothing to do with us, actually. It was a comment on uh, another somebody else's post talking about the Legia Warsaw fans. One day I'll tell you my story about encountering the Drugi in Juventus. And living to tell the tale. And it was, you know, it was a proper fight as well. And against all odds, don't judge a book by its cover, uh, Mr. Fucking Derby. Anyway, moving on. We're just about thawed out from the trip to Villa Park in midweek. Uh, we were hoping a cold the, one, wasn't it? We were hoping the players had. And it was uh, it was kind of before the Lord Mayor's show, wasn't it? Yeah. And after, uh, you can get yourself up for the Spurs game, even though we didn't actually play particularly well. This was, uh, I, you know, I, I had a funny feeling that this wasn't going to be, let's say, uh, an easy three points for, for want of a better description. Just smelt a bit like that Forest game where, because we're playing... You know, already in Europe, we've had a couple of significant games where we had to go away to Alkmaar, uh, home at uh, Legia Warsaw, to uh, try to wrap up the group. And then suddenly you've got Arsenal and City up on the horizon, and then this game's dumped in the middle of that. And it's hard for the players to kind of get up for it, while Bournemouth have absolutely switched their season around and uh, fired up and recently beat Newcastle at home. But so we'll get into that later in, in the show amongst also looking at uh, the recent medium up at activity, three points and the Villa news. Right before we get into things, supporting the My Old Man Said podcast through these winter months is NordVPN and they are offering our listeners a bumper deal where you can get an extra four months free on top of huge savings on the personal choice when it comes to VPN of My Old Man Said. If you want to protect your privacy 
on your devices and while you're browsing. The NordVPN allows you to use it on six devices. And of course, one of the key attributes of a VPN is it allows users to watch sporting events, TV shows, films, which aren't available in their region by switching their virtual location to a country where you can watch it. Perfect for those 3 p.m. kickoffs on Saturday or 2 p.m. kickoffs on a Sunday for the untelevised games in the UK. To grab your exclusive discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash moms and you'll receive four extra months for free. And there's a no risk Nord 30 day money back guarantee as well. You'll find the link uh, in the episode description notes. So check it out. Right. Let's start with some villain news, shall we? News just coming in. Rodri's out. When when did that happen? During the Tottenham game. So that's his fifth yellow card. So he will ah, miss he's suspended, the park, is he? which is big. Yeah, he's yeah, a major Because he's a really punk. influential player for them. I think yeah. he scoring against Villa. <laughs> yeah, he had a hell of a player. He's probably the best player in his position, isn't he? Probably in the Premier League. Manchester City playing Spurs at the moment. It's on in the background. And they don't look great. Regardless of the result, uh, all these yellow cards are really good at the moment. <laughs> Because the first thing it says on the bottom of the screen is, we'll miss the Aston Villa game. <laughs> so far, so good. Mr. Grealish will miss it. But uh, the main thing is uh, Rodri will, will miss it as well. That's the headline, Villa News. Rodri's out. <laughs> the thing that's taken all the headlines and the focus is uh, the, the Battle of Witten. What happened off the pitch uh, during midweek in the Group E dust-off. Where's your extra three Polish fans that got arrested gone, Mr. Bud? That was clearly, it wasn't right to tell. <laughs> <laughs> Were they given false You're names and addresses? Double check, your, uh, double check your sources, Mr. Bud, on this show. There's high standards. 46 charged by the police, many for being armed, etc. I mean, the headline here is, I mean, Villa put out a, a very... Very detailed statement, wasn't it? D- a very deliberately, orderly pragmatic statement with timelines and the kind of due process of what happened normally Mm -hmm. when you take that approach that's to take away the hysteria from what the other people are saying in an argument and the warsaw stance has just been laughable boil it down sounds of it it's been it's been laughable throughout as well well it has but the way they've set it up is uh, they knew their allocation and by the way you know they were all banned from the last away game against Sarinsky. It's, uh, you know, just, it's almost like they, they did the men in black thing where they've, they've reset their memory and they've got no memory of what's happened before. You know, they, they forgot about their running fight with the Madrid police force when they went to Madrid in the Champions League back in uh, 2016 or, you know, even their own fans in their own stadium, Pepper spraying the stewards when they tried to get to the Dortmund fans. And, you know, they had to play their uh, the next home game behind closed doors. Then they've forgotten about the Leicester game where they started kicking stewards in the head and fighting with police and trying to get at the, uh, the Leicester fans and ripping the netting down, etc. And then they tried to blame Alkmaar. And, and this seems to be a theme that fans turned up without tickets and they tried to get through a gate there and ransack and take their chances and they were into battles with the police trying to take the batons off them and pepper spray etc this is why they were banned at Zrinsky Leger also trying to spin that because two of their players had allegedly had altercations with AZ staff so the police went to arrest them and uh, it kind of kicked off there and all that you heard was Leger Warsaw screaming racism and uh, saying that they've been victimised fast forward to Villa exactly the same the same old shit and What's the common denominator? Leisure Warsaw. And the, and, the, and, the, and the club officials who just don't seem to want to take accountability for their own actions or the actions of their fans. In their statements, if you boil them down, they're basically saying, well, uh, we, we just turned up because we thought we'd call the bluff. All 2,000 of us expected to be let in. We had 1,000 tickets, but we didn't give them to the fans when they could have. You know, it was all in or non-in. And so there was like they were trying to call Villa's bluff and Villa were like, well, 1,000 getting in for free. Don't really think so. And now they're crying about it. Oh, we gave you X amount of tickets. We behaved. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't turn up for a ruck. We weren't tooled up. And we didn't spark off before the game, which they did. 
And if you look at the last statement, you read between the lines they were trying to call a bluff, and then it's, oh, uh, well, we have nothing to do with these unidentified fans causing trouble. You know, we, we're only responsible for people with tickets. Well, you didn't give them the tickets, so yeah, are you just going to throw idiots. them under the bus now? No uh, accountability. Throwing their fans under the bus, they don't give a shit about them. They know what's possibly coming their way. It's a complete trying to swerve UEFA sanctions, and they're used to, you know, they've got so many fines. Just Google them. Go back to when they played an Israeli team, they had a big banner behind the goal in Arabic-style writing, Jihadi Leisure. Unbelievable. They got fined 10 grand for that, and they, they were crying that, you know, they were victimized for that. It's like, Jesus, you know, you're treated as you are behaved. But they don't seem to, you know, everyone, everyone victimizes us, everyone persecutes us because of things we can't help. It's not our fault. It's just like... It's all their it's fault. Backwards. The- and, you, and you see that with the Twitter response as well from fans just making up any old bollocks. With no, no fucking facts. It's just total nonsense. It's just it's, based on the, oh, well, we, we gave you X amount of tickets in, in Warsaw. It's like, yeah, but if you didn't go fucking the place up. Yeah. You wouldn't let us in on the day of the game. Yeah, but we gave, was it the 2nd of November, Villa said very clearly, this was when the decision was made. So you've had plenty of notice. I knew about it. Like months You knew before. about it. I remember we spoke about it ages before this. And it was like, well, if we knew about it, if Ledger have not told their supporters or have just told them and gone, meh, we just won't bother. They've kind of played to tried to play dumb, but it's, it's all bullshit. Anyway, we're just going over old grounds here. Mm-hmm. But we'll see what UEFA say. Hopefully UEFA have a backbone because it is, they need like some proper wake up call. They are just be- behaving, uh, what, what's it called? The uh, victim syndrome? Ah, oh, the word. Darvo. Darvo, isn't it? Deny, attack, reverse victim offender. So essentially, you, you, so you, you rather than being the offender, you are now the victim. Anyway, enough of those schmucks. The win over Leisure means that not quite home and dry as group winners, but we are top and a draw will seal the deal. Leisure also would need to be Elkmar and Elkmar are now a live dog in this tournament after we thought that they potentially would be out. All they have to do if they beat uh, Leisure in, in Warsaw, which won't be easy, but they will go through to the next round. I mean, I wanted Leisure Warsaw to go through with Villa at the start of this tournament. Now, not so much. Now they can fuck right off. Mm-hmm. In injury news, looking good at the moment. I think yeah, everybody got... got you know, big, big players coming back, people getting the minutes they need, a few people getting a rest as well, so it's... Everybody seems to have got through the Bournemouth game okay, and uh, Ramsey's getting minutes. Moreno started against Leisure and also came on against Bournemouth. Martinez and Watkins, who were initially a concern for the uh, the trip to the Vitality Stadium, both started. So all good there. Yep. Long may it continue. Yep. Well, if that was Martinez at any sort of percentage, not 100%, if he's at 100%, he'd be unbeatable. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Amazing performance. We'll come on to that, though, won't we? FA Cup draw for the third round has been made, uh, an away trip to Middlesbrough. I don't feel these domestic cups now. I mean, there's the news that they're shanking off. We'll get to that in three points, shanking off some of the replays. And they're just being diminished, unfortunately. So I, I'm not a sucker. I don't buy into uh, the magic of the cup and all that. It's long gone. And the draw, I mean, I saw the draw, and you sort of... You, you, a lot of the ties that came out, there was you know Arsenal, Liverpool, good one. Sunderland, Newcastle's a bit of a feisty one. Other than that, you're looking at a lot of the ties going. There's nothing particularly inspiring here. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, this season for me, uh, I mean, I always wanted to see Villa win the FA Cup just because it was the only thing I haven't seen them uh, win in my lifetime. But now I'm more in- engrossed in the let's win this Europa Conference League and uh, try to get in the Champions League. That would be a great season. I mean, if you want to th- throw in a bonus FA Cup win, then by all means do. Youth Cup third round draw. The under-21s travelling to Burton in December. So if you fancy uh, freezing your nuts off in Burton, there's a great (laughs) opportunity. Nice little ground, Burton, to be fair. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Villa women are in an international break as I think England are the nominated team, aren't they, to represent uh, GB in the Olympics. But they are now, after beating Holland uh, 3-2, they are level on points and they need to beat uh, Holland's goal difference if they end up on the same points. And the Netherlands have got a three goal uh, advantage at the moment so unless Scotland lie down for the good of GB and take a beating then Mm. uh, they'll need Belgium to get something off uh, Holland It's a strange scenario for some of the Scottish players if you want to play perhaps in the Olympics for Team GB you have to lose They won't though because it's just England will represent Team GB that's how it they are the nominated team it's not there's not a mix of players which is weird It is weird How how can you vote you know Scottish or home nations uh, players out 
just by saying, sorry, but England will be representing him because they are the best team. I don't uh, get it unless it's some kind of football association bollocks. Anyway, three points. Speaking of internationals, uh, the men's Euro 24 in Germany draw has been made. England's group, nothing really exciting there, is it? Serbia, Slovenia, Denmark. I mean, we played Denmark in the semifinals of the Euros last time. Serbia might be interesting, but not not sexy, shall we say that. Scotland, though, they're in it. They, they're playing Germany in the opener. Then they're playing the destroyers of England at Molyneux, Hungary. <laughs> That would be an interesting game. Hungary could probably win that group, actually. And uh, the Swiss as well, who... Yeah, no pushovers, the Swiss. Yeah, although they... they, they it's almost like... savvy in tournaments, I think, the Swiss. Yeah, but they, they potentially get through the group, but then they'll fold straight away in the knockouts. They never really do anything special. Uh, anyway, I'm, we're not here to bash on the, on the Swiss. <laughs> <laughs> probably the group of death would be Spain, Italy, Croatia, and Albania. Albania are pretty good now, but... Croatia always finish at the business end. So uh, some tasty affairs there. The draw was interrupted by sex noises. Yeah. This is something that also happened in the uh, the BBC FA Cup coverage. And this is set up by YouTuber Jarvis. I know nothing about this guy. but So what's he do? He... He sneaks a mobile phone into the 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 draw place and has that set has the noise sex noises set as the ringtone. So he just rings it at intervals to trigger the noise. I mean, <laughs> so he's essentially paying an insider to set this up. Yeah, I mean, first time he did it's maybe funny, but now it's just exactly the same joke. I mean, it's a bigger scale at the same time, but you know, new material. Come on. Point number two: the FA Cup third and fourth round replays are to be scrapped for good. So next season, is this a hundred percent locked in? Yes, that's what they wanted. They want to. Pre- Phil had to think about that, but then he said, "Yeah, I've locked it in." Yeah, I'm locking it in because th- that's what they're going to do anyway. They're going to they're going to go where the money is, and the expanded Champions League is what is putting the real pressure on any sort of replays. And I, th- I think it's fair enough. I mean, FA Cup replays, other than the the loss of revenue for lower league teams. That's that's really the only downside of it. I mean, an exciting game where it can go just finish it on the night, go to penalties. You know, it's better all around. I think. You know, the managers not not really interested, are they? Any Premier League manager, especially, isn't interested in replays. No, the thing about it is the prize at the end's not enough. I mean, the glory yeah. of the cup's enough, but the actual tangible prize. Point number three: apparently, you can buy blue badges for parking. At, at Old Trafford for knockdown prices, you just need to know a man there. A blue badge is it just for disabled? Yeah, you have to be assessed, and it is, as you said, there's for someone that uh, needs it to park closer. Remember Ravel Morrison? He was attached to Villa at one stage, wasn't he? He was he was hotly tipped to be like you know, yeah. Was it Ferguson said, "Oh, he's going to be the next big thing," and he was seriously uh, fell from grace, but never fulfilled his potential. Another reason one's great player and couldn't be asked to train mm-hmm. disappeared to Italy had a bit of a bad attitude and now plays uh, for DC United in the MLS but he anyway he was investigated at an Audi S3 parked in a, in a street displaying this blue badge the police discovered that the badge's holder had died in February 2022 and it was no longer valid and uh, the trace of the vehicle and it was Mr Morrison's who reclaimed the vehicle later the same day during an interview he said uh, he'd bought the badge from quote mark someone in Old Trafford for 50 pounds he was found guilty on one count of fraud and th- uh, fined a thousand pounds watch out for dodgy blue badges yeah you get plenty of dodgy things allegedly at Old Trafford I mean goalkeepers yeah they were meant to have served raw chicken to their prawn sandwich brigade and gave a lot of them food poisoning as well so yeah yeah. Right, before we go on, a big thank you to all the Myoman said members that joined us for the Bournemouth game. Thank you also to, especially this week, Justin Davis for upping his pledge as a member. As a member, you do get ad-free shows, extra shows. You also get access to Match Club, where you can join us for Match Club sessions uh, on and away games, uh, especially. But also, it's a 24-7 experience. So please do go to myoldmansaid.com and click on the membership link there to get more details and to join. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Winners. The game. When you looked ahead, when we came back from the international break, you got Spurs away, Bournemouth, Arsenal and Manchester City. Not in that order. But I was looking at that. Those are the four games that will tell you where you are in terms of Aston Villa this season, potentially, if we're serious or not. I.e. Bournemouth haven't done, really, haven't done well there and are away form. Well, uh, to be honest with you, not many Premier League teams away forms are that great. I mean, before this weekend, only four teams had won more games away, four, compared to our three, and had more points than us. So it's not as if everybody's great away from home this season. But if we did well against Spurs and Bournemouth, then you could probably put that one to bed in terms of Villa being crap away and very good at home. And then obviously you've got, uh, you're swinging against three of the teams that were above you while you were sitting in fifth place originally. First test, there was danger in that Spurs performance in the first half. And actually this game started to resemble that game very quickly. I mean, in terms of the lineup, Carlos came in again. We'll discuss what that means. We'll try to work that out. Zaniola came in after not starting in midweek, but coming on as a sub and not really making much of an impression. The main question was how was Emery going to solve the Kamara being suspended? This is suddenly the ever-presence has dropped from the original eight. Tillemans came in. Diaby started up top. But let's start with Carlos. Why is he starting? You can't answer that. So that's, that's a loaded question. I don't know why he's starting, to be honest. No, no, that's not like a criticism, by the way. <laughs> it's like a tactical. Why? Why is he starting? I don't know what that is because you would think, you know, when your best defensive player is Konza at the moment, you would play him in his preferred position and you would build a defense around him. You know, Torres on the other side is obviously he's more of your ball player. Dinya's done reasonably well, and Cash has kind of been fairly steady without being spectacular at times. I think you know if they're fit, they play. Unless you wanted to rotate a little bit, because go back to Konza, he's just broken into the England uh, setup by playing centre back. Yeah, I don't, I don't see the I don't see the reason to play Carl. It, it seems I just wonder if there's a long term thing that way maybe we will see against City and Arsenal where he's thinking I really want to better try and play three at the back and I want to get these three used to playing next to each other a little bit. I just wonder if there's a curveball coming our way. But yeah, that was our theory for the Spurs game when he when yeah. Carl appeared was is this a to look at our defense which has been a bit uh let's leaky. say a bit leaky and also we've got some tough games at home which might need a, a different setup because i don't think we're mm-hmm. going to get away with a leaky defense that probably not as solid as it should be for a team that wants to uh, break into the champions league uh, conversation so one eye on arsenal manchester city as well yeah while at the same time crafting probably a formation that works away from home but after uh, in, in match club match club we were discussing Kamara and the, you know the playing out the back and what happened uh, against Warsaw and uh, we came a cropper again it's a very, dreadful goal very swiftly. Swiftly. yeah 
another away goal in the first 10 minutes, it's like we don't start halves of football very well on the road for some reason. I don't know what it is, whether we can't get going or teams have learned very fit, um, very quickly that if you if you sort of get a knockout blow in early or knock Villa out of their stride or ruin their rhythm, however you want to kind of word it, you stand a pretty good chance of getting a result. How do you see the goal, Phil? Well, it's it's one of those ones. I mean, you say that Villa don't start well. I think it's more Villa's sort of passing out from the back game is always sort of slow to start. Because this is self-destruction as opposed to the opposition putting yeah, well, it under. This one was, I mean, Carlos just, the, the ball was hit back to Carlos. It was like an interception. The ball was put back to Carlos and he just went to play it. It's almost like Kamara's blind pass against Legia Warsaw, only it was like, you know, straight in front of him. It shouldn't have been blind, but it was just casual. It's as if they don't anticipate that it's a mistake could happen. They don't see the danger. And then as soon as Carlos played the ball, um, it went straight to Christie and he just slid through Semenyo to score after 10 minutes. And then Villa's good work, because I mean, they had sort of tried to force the issue at the start that forced a couple of saves from the Neto, the Bournemouth keeper, but that was all gone then straight away. What we saw from Bournemouth kind of mirrored what uh, Spurs were like. I mean, they, it was like mm-hmm. frantic, physical, fast, and we, we struggled at that tempo. We did, but once we actually got our foot on the ball and managed to play through their midfield, you thought saw in the first sort of 20-25 minutes that while well, well, Villa are susceptible at the back, so are Bournemouth. You think, well, this has got all the hallmarks of a, another sort of basketball match as the Spurs game got referred to as, you know, Villa looked like they could cause them problems and Villa looked equally likely that they could cause themselves problems. Which has been the concern, hasn't it, uh, in terms of that defensive, uh, mm-hmm. how you feel about them. It's, it's They do cause their own problems more so than the opposition do, really. But as we said after to Spurs, luckily with this Villa side now, you always feel we're in the game because we've got the firepower to hurt teams. So you saw it again in this one, we kind of get out of jail because of, frankly, our firepower, not because of our defensive resilience, because we've got those moments of quality in the final third. You know, obviously the Bailey goal was a was a great bit of individual skill to get us level. And then, you know, soon after, of course, Carlos has the ball in there. He's done a bit of a power Torres, for, you know, a bit of a redemption job, and he's obviously unlucky to have it chalked off with VAR. But at that point, you thought, right, Villa could be right in the game here. But the defence, is there any cure with the personnel that we currently have, or does there need to be something else coming in? I, th- I think, you know, when you lose Kamara in the deep sitting positions, you, you are shuffling your pack a little bit in midfield. It shouldn't make a huge difference, but it does. He's a very composed player and you lose the energy that Cash gives you when he's on form. So I think just that little reshuffle of having a um, Konza at right back, Cash not in the team, no Kamara in front to sort of be a foil with Louise is enough to disrupt Villa and we haven't got the answer to that yet. Konza at right back is essentially to drop in as a three like Kamara would mm-hmm. do uh, to form that three when when your wider fullbacks are obviously bombing on and joining the, the fray up front. And when the opposition's got you know, a, really, a really good player on the left-hand side who will come on to, because frankly, he shouldn't have even been on the pitch by half-time. But. To answer my own question, it, I would be looking in January, I'm sure they're looking already for that alternate right-back as well. Yep, certainly. Because, I mean, we can, Kamara not being available definitely disrupted the thing. But even if Kamara had been available, Carlos still played the ball straight to Christie. I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't like the game against Legia. It wasn't like dwelling on the ball. He just, it was a bum off pass. Yeah, yeah straight, just poor straight to him. Like turning off, wasn't it? Yeah. But at half time, you sort of thinking, we're pretty lucky to have gone in at one all there. You know, we've, we've kind of we've had the ball in the net. We've been a bit unlucky. But frankly, we could have been sort of three, four, one down as well at the other end. Martinez in the first half, kept us in the game. I mean, they had two yellow cards before uh, Bailey scored, and that was in the 20th minute. Yeah, and they were both, the, they're probably their star performers in the first half, Clivert and Semenyo. They were both booked like 12 and 17 minutes. And then, like the rest of the Bournemouth team, how Villa have been disrupted over the last maybe two, three seasons, how you stop Villa is break their rhythm, and that's what they were doing. They were doing it very effectively, but if you're already booked, you can't grab somebody by the arm, shirt, and whatever, and hold them back right in front of the referee, and then, I mean, everybody thought, oh, Semenyo's gone here after he did this. Absolutely weak referee, isn't it? Yeah, it was awful. Considering it's just consistency, it's not that you, you want somebody sent off, but if that happens every week and they get sent off for it, it happens this week and they don't, you're just going like, right, it's poor. A frustrating afternoon, for anybody who uh, rested Ollie Watkins in their fantasy, yes. fantasy Premier League team because he was seen as 50-50, got the nod, comes up with an assist for Bailey before obviously scoring in the uh, the last uh, minute. Bailey, he's racking them up, isn't he, this season? Yeah. It's end product, as we've said. You know, he, he can be frustrating, but when you put him in the final third, he, he does make things happen. Only his third start. Yeah, and a, and a brilliant finish. 
mean, yeah. it's kind of foolish, really. If you've got if you've got a you know a left wing back and you're just showing him inside on his left foot, you're like you're stupid for letting him do that. And he kind of takes it past a couple of them and whips it in the bottom corner. It's a great finish. Yeah, well, um, I mean, and at that point, it's you know it's it's a it's fairly quick response from Villa to the you know the poor start they'd had. Yeah, it was like you you said stupid to do that, but it, that's what it reminded me of like Ian Robin's goals. He's that mm-hmm. was like ninety percent of his goals, and he scored plenty of goals. So like yeah. every fullback he played against was stupid. You, it's there's a way to do it, and if you think you've Bailey in the corner and he, and he can get that space in that left foot, we've seen that left foot before. It is it's lethal when it gets going. Is it now a debate? Is is it similar to the left back situation where you've now got Bailey and Diaby and it's uh, they're they're playing in one position essentially? I think we've seen in the last sort of week from the you know, the variety of the games we've had, you can kind of trust them both in periods yeah. when they're when they're on form. Um, so it's, yeah, you've got you've got a, a pretty broad rotation, and you can, you've obviously got the option of being able to go with both of them. Unlike you know Dina and Moreno, you wouldn't necessarily play at the same time. You can play Bailey and DRB I mean, it's, on it's the. It's good to have certain positions where you generally have two players for that position, don't you? And yes. it actually is constructed. And there's to... no, there's and yeah, and there's and there's no dip off in level either. No, so it's not like you have that first eleven and that's it. You've got a match day squad which, in certain positions, have two players genuinely that you can swap in and out and keeps you fresh and on it. And both players are obviously focused because they're competing against each other essentially as well. Yeah, and then Billy almost had another assist right at the end of the half. He he did a great cutback for Louise, and I don't know how their keeper saved it. Louise should have scored, but he's absolutely smashed it from about 10 yards out and Neto somehow got a, a hand to it. If he puts it anywhere near the corner, though, that's yeah. him. He's kind of, he's giving him a chance to just sort of put his hand out and get lucky and save it. But really, you know, with, with Louise's ability, he should be scoring from there. It's, it's a shame to miss that one. One player that didn't give Neto a chance to save it was uh, Zaniola. <laughs> no, he had a difficult 45, didn't he? Very, very frustrating afternoon for him. About two months ago, on this podcast, I said it always getting a bit Savo Milosevic uh, territory. And really? I was just going to clip that as, you know, something to put on social media just as a promo. And I, and I keep not getting the time for it. And I'm thinking, well, if he scores, then that's one that's in the bin. But well, I might do it this week if I can f- remember which episode it was. But it's just not happening at the moment for him. He, he got a yellow as well. And uh, I think that was kind of helped made Emery's decision at half time, didn't it? Yeah, I think so. I yeah, because you so. almost you almost want to leave him on t- until he gets his sort of break. He gets his bit of luck and he gets the goal. Because if you remember against Chelsea, it was only a you know wonder save from their keeper that stopped him scoring. Because yeah. back then he was he looked like he was going to score every game. Yeah, I mean he's already starting to become a scapegoat, but I don't think there's a need for any rush on him really, because you know there's still improvements to be had in this Villa team, and he's one of the players that if he does suddenly click, you know he, he has got talent. Then uh, this Villa team potentially could get better and stronger as the season goes on rather than what most you know let's face it what most media pundits on sky and the bbc etc are thinking will just fade off and finish in the lower tier european places but if we can get a song out of him and maybe a song and a dance out of him uh, we might still get some dividends back from our investment in him yeah, and, and I, th- I think the fact that now you're seeing sort of, you know, Tiedemann's coming to the party, Diaby's having his moments, Bailey's doing really well, you've got Ramsey back now, who ultimately in that position is going to probably have the shirt. You're not necessarily relying on him being the main man all the time. You can almost try to utilise him a bit like Bailey, where you're just looking for little moments from him. Yeah. You're not saying, I need 90 minutes from you at top level. I just, we need little moments of magic to use a Stephen Gerrard-ism. Yeah, I would say he failed his rehearsal, his initial rehearsal for the main role. And now he's really supporting actor where he's, he's yep. going to have to earn it from the bench like Bailey has where he got yep. dumped out of the first 11 and then had to win us over from the bench and I think that's Saniola's yep. situation at the moment because Ramsey at the moment is getting minutes and even Tiedemann you'd play over him in that position Ramsey's getting minutes to actually begin starting games uh, very soon what we didn't want to happen in this game once we got back level was uh, to concede a goal straight away Another dreadful piece of defending. On the other side of half time, to a man that uh, Bud doesn't really particularly rate. We keep yeah, we like I don't, to mention to be honest, that. I'll stand by. Am I not rating him as well? So Dominic uh, Slanky got on the end of it, and I mean, it shouldn't have happened, should it? Really? No. I mean, he's when the ball gets. I mean, first of all, it's a, a 
put up by Martinez. Bailey gets beaten in the air, which is no surprise, but there's still plenty of time to clear it after that. It makes its way to the Solanke and he's got his back to goal, but usually, you know, back to goal, he's going to roll somebody, something like that there. There was nobody even near him. He, he had time to turn and just put it in the net. And, you know, they're all left looking at each other again. And, it's, and I think Chris said it's like, it's like two centre-backs that don't like doing the defending. They don't like the defend, Carlos. They're ball-playing ball centre-backs. They yeah. don't like the rough and tumble. You know, you think about what Mings and Konza can do, and especially what they were last year. You need the blend, don't you? You need the blend and you need the guys who can just go, I'm just going to put my foot through the guy if I have to, or I'm going to Penalty. wrap myself around him and et cetera. You know, but they, they haven't got that, don't appear to anyway, have that nasty streak. Yeah, you needed somebody there to nip in in front of Solanke when that ball was coming across him. You needed to be close enough to him to be able to do that because by the time it gets to him there, you know, he's going to have a shot against Martinez every time. Yeah, and nine times out of ten, you know, you're going to, you're going to score that chance once he turns, which of course he has. And uh, and and Bournemouth sort of pushed on from that point. You thought, well, if a, if a goal's coming here, it's going to it's going to come for them yeah. as opposed to Villa. Um, Emery, to be fair to him, had made proactive changes. And well, the first one, let's get to that. That's where you take your captain off and put on uh, Jean Giran. Yep. After he'd played 90 minutes in midweek. I mean, I, I was describing it as this is not a systematic change, really, from Emery. This is a bit more, well, we need to shake this up a bit and mm-hmm. we need to get two up top, have a bit more presence up there because we had to do something different. And that was probably the most dramatic thing he could do uh, rather than a like for like. He, he came very close, obviously, he hits the post. And at that point, you're kind of thinking, well, we've had a goal chalked off of VAR, we've hit the post and we've had. Their best player has not been sent off for an obvious red. You're kind of worrying that, oh, is this is this going to be one of those days? And then they made a double substitution before we made a triple substitution. Triple change, yeah. Which you haven't seen a lot of this year from Villa. No, again, it's just, it was a very, very broken, very disrupted second half. And, you know, up until the end, it looked like Bournemouth were the only team going to score because Zelanke then played, played, reverted the type and missed a couple of chances that he really should have scored from from yards out, a couple of yards out at least. And Martinez, again, kept Villa in at world-class saves. Because Villa, I mean, had a, in terms of possession, had most of the possession at 62%, but then the rest of it's fairly even until you get to the shots on target, where Bournemouth have got seven to Villa's three. And it did feel like Bournemouth were bossing this, even though the, the possession statistic tells you otherwise. I think they were just very efficient and effective, Bournemouth. You have to even credit for that. You can see why they've kind of turned a corner recently, especially against the teams beneath them. And obviously, you know, Newcastle went there a couple of weeks ago, had problems as well. They've got a bit about them. I don't necessarily think they're a brilliant side, but they've got enough and they're organised and they are aggressive and you know, energetic in the way they play, that they get them getting in amongst you. And then when they've got enough to kind of make things happen at the other end, I still think defensively, as Villa had showed, even though we weren't playing very well, we were still a live threat. We were always in the game at 2-1. And as you know, there's obviously the the game's ticking down and Villa are getting very frustrated. We got that moment of real quality. I, mean, you know, I think Martinez had kept us in the game until that point, hadn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Another brilliant, another brilliant performance from Martinez. And we'll come on to him in a second, probably at the end, because I'm sure he'll get man of the match. But for, certainly for Villa, you've kept yourselves in the game. Similar to kind of Tottenham in a way. If anything, the performance, I would say, second half was was probably a lot worse than Tottenham. I thought we were a much better side at Tottenham. Um, but when the moment comes, it's a you know, it's a great ball in by Diaby from the, the right side, sort of cuts in, whips it at pace. And Watkins' header is fantastic, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, behind him, he sort of arches his net, flicks it in the far corner to to you know to get a goal, which you'd, we I'm sure we'll all agree that we probably didn't deserve or certainly didn't look like we were going to get. Yeah, it was that it's feeling where you'd kind of resigned yourself to uh, defeat in this one. Yeah. Looked at the Liverpool result, and you see that Fulham are beating Liverpool. Because I had that feeling where I just thought, well, if you want to be Champions League, you can't be like losing this game to be taken seriously. Then I looked at the Fulham result, and they were three two up, and I thought, oh, okay. And then Liverpool equalised while I was looking at the result, and it's like, well, there you go. There's the proof in the pudding. Liverpool aren't flapping around; they're getting their business done. And then Watkins pops up, and you go, oh, hang on a minute, maybe we have yeah. got some cojones. Yeah, well, I mean, and you see Liverpool pop up again and score just to show you there's levels to this. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Villa didn't really look. I mean, they were beaten side until that triple change, and noticeably the triple change was reverting to proper fullbacks, two centre backs, and yeah. I think I, I don't think three at the back is the way to play against. With no disrespect to Bournemouth, teams beneath Villa in the league, uh, even after Spurs, I'm not sure if three centre backs is the way to play against anyone. I, I remain to be convinced. Yeah, because you've got to back yourself, haven't you? Because you've got a level of team that should be able to take Bournemouth. I mean, obviously they've got home advantage, but you, you know, to mess around with 
going back to the original question of why Carlos in that sense, and it's it's not why Carlos as in is he good enough or whatever. It's it's more like you put it you, you shoehorning three centre backs into a back four. We've said perhaps the thinking is it's to compensate for Kamara, who likes to fill in when the, the fullbacks bomb on. But you know we saw against Spurs where Kamara's playing. So I, I'm not too sure, but no, I'm not. We'll find out against Arsenal at uh, City, City but, I, yeah. but I can't see it suddenly being super successful there. No, you want to go into those games with a really drilled, you know, not just a lineup, but you know, a system that you know works at home. And of course, our system generally does work at home. Yeah, I mean, if we were, it's, it's kind of strange because cast your mind back and bear with me on this uh, to Brian Little's team that was in, you know, top finished top four, but it was up there challenging the big boys and. When yep. you went into these games with teams up there, you were like, well, we're, we're solid at the back because we've got that three. You know, he, he played a three-stroke five with Southgate being the ball player. You were thinking against these teams, half of our potential success is because we've got a, you know, we're solid at the back. Obviously, until you play fucking Robbie Fowler, who uh, ripped <laughs> you. That was, that was the only player who could get near it, <laughs> wasn't it, really? But they were, they were just stifle teams. Yeah, so they could stifle teams as well as be effective up top with obviously, you know, the likes of Dwight York. But in in our case here, I'm going into these games and I'm I'm feeling that I feel a bit fragile at the back still. You feel like we're fragile, kind of the, the slightly soft underbelly because I wouldn't I mean I I love them both, you know, but Kamara and Louise I wouldn't say nasty tough players. They're they're sort of smart, tricky players and they win the ball back. They they intercept as opposed to sort of physically dominate. Yeah. And when you're playing these better teams, you know, you know you're not going to have as much of the ball at Villa Park. Because going back to Newcastle, Liverpool away, no real shame or, or panic about losing those games. It's just the way we got yes. wiped out. Steam, and thinking, yeah, we've got steamrolled. Is that part, is that another clue why this, you know, the, our backline isn't, at, in, uh, under the Emery way, isn't as uh, solid? And if it isn't, then we may struggle uh, in such big uh, clash, clashes against teams that have really, you know, got the, some of the best players in their forward lines yeah. in the world. Although potentially, you know, teams who open up generally, well, this season we've seen teams who've played a slightly more open, and even Newcastle. Newcastle's probably the, the best of the, the body of work we've got to judge Villa off against the good sides. That when teams come and have a go at Villa Park, it actually plays into our hands with the way we play now because we're very, very good on the counter attack. Or certainly can be. You know, we're having these discussions still because of Ming's not being uh, in the team. Mm-hmm. Because with him in the team, you've you've suddenly got that blend of somebody who gets stuck in attacks, while uh, you know the other smarter player on the ball can can operate by the side of him. But if you go back to last season, there were certain games that we we could shut games down. Now I don't feel that confident no. that uh, we're as solid as we we were yeah, I mean, uh, last the season. Back six. I mean, one thing we have, and you've kind of teed me up nicely, that is that the, the one thing that, you, that does give everybody hope is that you've got basically the best goalkeeper in the world. And, yeah. you know, he was called upon yet again, you know, at Bournemouth, where he has saved you. He's, you know, he's, well, he's won you a point there, hasn't he? Again, he had a great game. And you'd probably give him the three against Chelsea. You would give three him against Tottenham. three against Tottenham as well. I mean, Alex Ferguson always said, great goalkeeper gives you 15 points. I, I would say Martinez would probably give us 20 this season without looking into the math so far, mm-hmm. but that's just from three games, uh, and that's quite a big tally already. In the end, I think it still gives you momentum, doesn't it? That Yeah, the, the manner of how you've, yeah, the, how you've taken the point means you come away from it going, that's a point gained. It keeps the ball rolling. Yeah. Played badly, got out of it with a draw. If you can give away two goals like Villa give away and still come out with a point, that's, that's a plus. Yeah, and you, and you zoom out a bit. If you looked at the first two games in those four games that I mentioned and somebody said point at Spurs, win at Bournemouth, you'd have probably said, yeah, that's that's probably par. Well, that's slightly, you know, a point at Spurs is, is above par, I would say. Uh, I think so. From where they were in the league before we played them. So four points from those first two games, you you would have taken that, I think. I mean, you can easily get greedy, can't you? Yeah. It's like yes. the, the Warsaw game. It's like, you know, we're all there going, oh, yeah, we we need to win by two here. Didn't really. You, you need to win by two if it's the last game of the group and you need to win by two to get through. We needed to win to put ourselves in pole position. So, you know, you can get too greedy. So four points, that point against Bournemouth is important because it gives you, when you zoom out, you're still good. But also the manner of it. I mean, if we'd conceded the equaliser in injury time, then it's a different scenario, isn't it? You Especially in, in, against that kind of team, I think I actually think if we if we'd have ever actually taken the lead in the game, I think we'd have actually got over the line. Yeah, but that's kind of immaterial at this point. 
but it's a point it's a point gained and kind of go okay on to the next on to the next one so the games come thick and fast now so so you're still feeling chipper are we yes key stat key stat well it's it's, it's ollie watkins because he's the main man this was put out by the the club themselves Ollie Watkins has been directly involved in 19 goals, 13 goals and 6 assists in 21 games, no competition so far this season. And no surprise, he's the, the top man in the fantasy league as well with 9 points. And showing that he can be the man for the uh, the big moment. Yes. As he's, as he's showed in the last two games, which uh, is a big, big thing actually. Not like Harry Kane, who can only score against Malta, Panama and Costa Rica, is it? And San Marino. <laughs> and, uh, and any German team. Right, let's round up with a bit of media muppetry. Right then, Phil, what's in the trough? Swilling alongside all those statements from uh, Legia Warsaw. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's about Villa's next opponents, um, Man City. So we know about their 115 charges. What we don't know is when there's ever going to be any sort of comeuppance for these 115 charges. So I thought whenever the Daily Mail put out this whopper of a headline that we were going to get some closure on it, they went exclusive. Man City and the Premier League agree a, agree date for trial. Except, of course, when you click into it, they haven't agreed a date. I mean, they just haven't. Yeah, I saw this. I mean, I saw the date and I thought, oh, okay, finally. And then it was just a load of wishy-washy nonsense. Yeah, it is wishy-washy nonsense. You go into it and they have agreed a time period where it might happen, which is autumn 2024. Now, for conspiracy theorists out there, Pep Guardiola's contract expires in summer 2025. So if a trial did begin in autumn 2024, they're saying in summer 25 might be when any verdict arrived. So we could just sail off into the sunset and be untarnished by whatever happens. If they're like 100% guilty, say, without any doubt, and they know, right, we've got them, there's got to be a conversation they're having is like, how do we uh, deal with this in terms of punishment? Because you are just ripping up the history books, aren't you? If you you really wanted to uh, do it properly. Yeah, and yep. you're undermining the integrity of the whole league. So that's, this is where I think they'll they'll bottle it. Yeah, well, there's there's still a Tour de France every year after Lance Armstrong. So I'm, I'm ho- that's all I'm holding out hope for. Yeah, but this is a bit more different, isn't it? That's just like one man. This is like, it affects everything in terms of... And well, a much broader context yeah. in terms of like... now Because if, if you get the rules wrong or you don't come down hard, it shows that it, it, you are setting legal precedents that, okay, any country can just come in, buy a football club, pump a load of money in and, and kind well, that of... that can already happen, can't it? <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's... But it just, it just makes everything we've been watching... Well, we know it's all a load of bollocks anyway. And with the fan-led review stuff that's kind of coming through, the, the Premier League need to show that they can handle their own ship or they're going to find that the government are going to, or whoever ends up being in the government, you know, in years to come, is um is probably going to come down on them quite strongly as a sport. The thing is, the Saudis are the top dogs and they're running sport full stop. Football, yep. boxing, golf. It's one of those things where you're intrigued to find out what happens, but you kind of fear that it won't be uh, justice, put it that way. No. We won't be getting the League Cup delivered <laughs> to us. <laughs> Dean Smith won't be getting a League Cup winning medal. Yeah, and, and talking about justice, um, going back to last week's game against Spurs, uh, Jamie O'Hara is looking justice, or he was looking justice, and then he changed his mind very quickly for um, Matty Cash. His tackle on Bentoncourt, I mean, we've already been over it. It was, it was a bad tackle, but it wasn't malicious, and he, he unfortunately got injured from it. Jamie O'Hara put out on Twitter or X, two and a half months for Bentoncourt injury absolutely gutted he looked decent fuming about cash next time we play villa let's make sure the boys remember hashtag spurs then of course everybody piles on him and he goes oh i think you're reading this wrong i'm not saying injure him as if i'd ever want a pro to get injured i'm saying make sure we are at it and get one back on them and win the game be on them i'd never want a pro to get injured but why didn't you say <laughs> the first t- time he's a tall any yeah, yeah just that that whole secondary tweet was like oh well, shit what what can i say <laughs> yeah <laughs> i've been caught as usual right anyway uh, do you anything I've got to add to media muppets it was last week or so uh, before we beat Spurs or in the run up to that where they were billing it as can Villa challenge for the Champions League or whatever and there'd be a lot of uh, people who covered Villa being interviewed as you know Vox Pops on this subject and they were saying oh uh, you know Emery's completely changed it he's so meticulous when before they played uh, Legia Warsaw they, he watched 
27 of their home games. And then the best bit is like, uh, but yeah, but they lost. And you're thinking, well, first of all, I would rather have a manager who watches five minutes on YouTube of an opponent's home games and then beats them 3-0 rather than somebody who watches 27 and then still loses. But anyway, regardless of that, the fact is to watch 27 home games, that's 90 minutes times 27. Off the top of my head, that's pretty much like eight hours a day solid watching Legia Warsaw home games. That would take like five days, a whole working week. So there's no way he's done that. But just to lazily say that and then people just parrot it, I mean, it kind of shows you the the levels that we work at most of the time. I mean, what he did actually say is he said they've analysed those games and he actually said in the press conference where everybody's Chinese whispering from that uh, they analysed 27 games, didn't watch them. Yeah, you chop up the you, know, you chop up the games, look for trends, etc. You're not going to sit and exactly. watch all the games. You- yeah, so it's just quite funny how people in positions in the media just lazily say things like that, and everybody who's you know presenting the shows nod along and go, "Oh wow!" And then it's like, oh, "Hang on a minute, why don't you actually take a minute to think about what you've said?" Yeah, enough people say it, no, that becomes the truth. Yeah, no, exactly. People parroting it on you know social media, and it's like, well. Actually, there's no way he could fit that into his life. He's, he, he would, if he was married, he would be divorced instantly. Like, excuse me, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Eight hours a day watching Leisure Warsaw home games for a whole week. Anyway, Emery's clipboard. Uh, how many players were wearing gloves in the Leisure Warsaw game in midweek? Did you actually count them? Five, four. There was six actually. <sighs> oh, I mean, you could probably guess who they were, but anyway. Enough of that. We've got big fish to fry at we Villa Park coming up. So we're going to get Phil Shaw to uh, get on the grill. We'll get <laughs> Chris Bud to uh, fillet the fish. And uh, hopefully we're going to get a pointer three or, f- or, or four or six. Or six. Those are all the options. <laughs> how many do you think? Four. I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to say two. I think we can win one of these games. Well, I do, actually. And I would even say if we got one point... That's kind of the par, let's say. And that's not that bad because the one point you get is you're actually uh, stopping one of the teams in the Champions League from uh, gaining advantage over you. So Mm -hmm. not getting cut adrift by one of the the teams around you immediately. But even one point is not so bad. But uh, if we can go unbeaten in those two games, that would be great because that 13-game consecutive wins run, at least it can dilute into an unbeaten run, which is still good. Yep. So let's stay unbeaten at least. Right, thank you very much for listening and hopefully we'll have some juicy wins to talk about come the next main show. There will be uh, another Europa Vision. Europa Visions are coming thick and fast, so it's starting to build up now. Before we go on sabbatical until March, if we win the group. Hopefully. (laughs) But until then, please do follow uh, the show on social media at MyOldManSaid across all uh, social media platforms. But most importantly, do follow it on whatever app you listen to, especially if it's Spotify or Apple. Sometimes when I put the show out, uh, it goes out earlier than uh, I'll get around to putting uh, any shout outs on social media. So if you are following the show, you'll get to know as soon as it pops out. So until next time, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.